What are we gonna do tomorrow night? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, I'm going to be talking with the great Todd Radom about his work on the World Baseball Classic. The World Baseball Classic is 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 starting this month. We get World Baseball Classic baseball this month, so that that's exciting. Later on in this episode, I'll be speaking with Ed Rivera of the Dad Hat Chronicles about some of his favorite World Baseball Classic team logos. And of course, Dan Simon will be back with his Studio Simon Stumpers. In the meantime, Todd Radom, how are you doing? I am doing well, Paul. How are you today, sir? Well, it's it's World Baseball Classic time, and we get to do this every three years, and it's super exciting, and it's it's such a fun display of, of international baseball. So I am doing very well. You created the original branding for the World Baseball Classic. It's been updated somewhat for this year's World Baseball Classic, but the, the event itself was founded in 2006, and way back when you were working with uh, the World Baseball Classic, and you created the original branding. How did you get involved in that project? Yeah, it's very interesting, Paul. And first of all, it's such a great event. Um, and of course, we we missed the event. It's It's been postponed because of the pandemic. So um, better late than never kind of a thing. And so looking forward to it. But um, I got involved with it. In retrospect, I think because of a very defined reason. You know, um, it's a Major League Baseball event. I've worked with Major League Baseball as an independent contractor, essentially, for uh, 30 years now. But um, back in the late 1990s, uh, I traveled to Cuba with a uh, with a couple of uh, authors of a book um, about which was essentially the definitive pictorial history of uh, the history of Cuban baseball. So I went down to Cuba with um, with a, a, a permit from the United States Treasury Department um, to uh, to to do this research and to meet with Cuban officials and. Cuban baseball officials, um, and it was a really formative experience, but um, my contacts at MLB, if I'm recalling this correctly, remembered that. So I had somewhat of, a, of an interest and, and some knowledge um, in, um, in baseball beyond our borders, let's put it that way. And of course, any baseball fan, I think, is cognizant of the fact that you know, the sport is huge in um, in Korea and huge in Asia, in um, Japan, rather, and in South America and in places like Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States, of course, and Mexico and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the opportunity to work on this, um, to be involved at the at the very outset of this of this thing um, was really kind of right in my wheelhouse. I always jump right into these conversations without really introducing you the the way that I should introduce you, because, you know, to me, you know, there there are sort of a select few people up here who are sports graphic design royalty. And, you know, you very much are, are sports graphic design royalty regular. Let's see let, what I always try to pick out different things every time that that we use to introduce you. But you're you're a regular guest on Buster Olney's Baseball Tonight podcast with your trivia questions, which I love. You are the author of a couple of books, which I which I always have, and I like to show off to the audio podcast audience here on screen. But All right, very nice. Oh, well done. 
fabric of the game with our mutual friend Chris Creamer, and of course winning ugly, which has uh, amazing baseball uniforms that were not necessarily intended to be long lived classics in the, in the world of baseball uniforms and branding. So you've worked on Super Bowl logos, you've created logos for every major sport, the Big Three basketball league. So I just I, yeah, I want to make sure that we actually introduce you with the credentials that you deserve before we delve much further into the story of the World Baseball Classic. Baseball royalty, the great Todd Radom. So thank you for being here, Todd. So now we can continue. I appreciate all of that, Paul. And sometimes I'll I'm I'm asked to describe what I do and uh it can turn into a, a very long paragraph, but uh <laughs> you covered a good part of it. So I appreciate it. You're you're very welcome. Okay. The World Baseball Classic. You talked about baseball being popular in in other countries, right? Like, so this is this is something that needs to have. I mean, talk about something that needs to have mass appeal and and to be understood in many different markets by many different people and many different cultures. As a designer, how do you approach something that that has that has such a wide target audience? Yeah, I mean. You know, let's face it, when we talk about the if we're looking at a brand for a particular baseball franchise here in the United States, um, you really want to hit a very local target, something that is quite defined, uh, if possible. Um, and of course, it needs to live within this larger culture. But WBC um, really needed to go well beyond that because the graphic sensibilities uh, and uh, marketing sensibilities that we have here in America, even though we export our popular culture so well to the rest of the world, might not go over well uh, in a particular place. Um, so the look of WBC needed to have, as you stated, a uh, very broad appeal. Um, and it was really the way it evolved, um, it evolved into something that was sort of you know, so much of our baseball iconography, I like to say, is rooted in antiquity and heraldry and ribbons and detail and things. Um, and it's part of the cool thing that makes baseball look like baseball. But this was going to be really a very, very different beast. Uh, necessarily, it, it needed to be um, modular uh, at a time before, you know, mobile technology was even a thing. Um, and it needed to, uh, again, have this, this mass universal appeal and therefore it, it became, um, kind of a modern, uh, logo. Um, believe me, I thought quite a bit about classic corporate logos of the sixties and seventies. These, uh, at that time, which were one color marks. Think about what Chase Bank looked like or some of the airline logos, things that go beyond sports. Um, and the colors really were, um, you know, quite punchy and not traditional. But it's interesting, Paul, I, I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this, but the name of the event uh, was never necessarily set um, as World Baseball Classic. Uh, went through a number of iterations at the very outset. I remember my first meeting about what ultimately became WBC. That took place during um, the All-Star Game in Houston in 2004. So it took a little bit to get the thing right. Um, the idea of a globe, uh, as far as the iconography, 
was always in play. It makes the most sense. But the level of detail within that globe, mm -hmm. uh, the level of prominence of that globe really morphed and shifted until I came up with what I ultimately call the pinwheel. The pinwheel. Well, so let's talk about the specifics of this here. The solution, for, by the way, for the globe, which, it, you know, to, to avoid the use of continents, but to convey the idea of a globe through latitude and longitude indicators, that was kind of brilliant. So if I if I may say for you that that was kind of brilliant. So it is it is a pinwheel with four pins, I guess, on the wheel. The, the colors are, they're the primary colors. You have red, yellow, blue, and then you also have what I think of as the honorary fourth primary color, green, in there. So very simple use of those colors. Uh, and then there's the globe in the middle, and then there's baseball seams on the globe. What was the did, – did the individual colors have significance, or was it the way those colors worked together as being sort of the, the building blocks of, of all of color theory? Uh, is, you know, what was the thinking behind the use of those colors? I think the idea was bright, punchy colors that were sort of universally happy. Mm -hmm. um, not, you know, red, for instance, as you know, uh, in certain cultures is kind of not a, uh, not a great signifier. So you didn't want to go too heavy into that. But, um, you know, we needed a dark, we need, you know, which is navy blue, uh, was navy blue. Um, and some punchy colors that um, really embodied the optimism of what this event was all about. Um, it's interesting, you talk about the idea of depicting land masses. Uh, at one point, uh, very early on, I did have those within more of a traditional globe, but everybody knew, uh, if I'm recalling this correctly, that you know there are political sensitivities to that. What is the center of the earth? If you depict North America, uh, as the center of the earth, well, you know, it doesn't send a great message because I think part of the dynamics of World Baseball Classic uh, involved the fact that Major League Baseball controlled the event, you know, with the cooperation of various confederations, baseball confederations around the world. But at its heart, it's as much about baseball in Japan or Nicaragua or Cuba or the Netherlands as it is about U.S. or Canadian baseball. So uh, that got out of there, I would say, you know, after a couple of rounds, um, after the thing got some traction, but the colors really, it's interesting, Paul, again, as I said before, you know, the, the first WBC took place in 2006. And when you think about the introduction of the iPhone and the explosion of mobile technology, which we really take for granted now, that didn't take place until shortly after that. So these clean, bright, LED-friendly uh, colors um, were, um, I don't necessarily think they were a happy accident, but um, they, they served the look of the event well as it uh, grew into, uh, into itself. Well, so the, the look has, has remained pretty consistent uh, with minor updates over the years. Obviously, probably the simplest version of the logo is the, the 2006 version of it when it was first introduced, and then Obviously, with every update, it's gotten a, a, maybe a little bit more complicated. How involved have you been with the changes over the years? I know that this year you were not involved in the the changes that they made, but were you involved through 2017, which was, I guess, the last one before this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, this has been a, a very immersive project for me since day one, since mm -hmm. 2004. 
Uh, over the years, I have designed these theme logos, which uh, illustrations essentially, which depict the host cities. Um, and this is these are applied to in stadium graphics to you know merchandise and licensing stuff. Um, I have designed the tickets for the event when it still had paper tickets. Uh, uh, I did, I was very much in on the trophy, uh, the look of the trophy, which Tiffany did. Um, you know, right up until today, as a matter of fact, um, I'm responsible uh, for working with Major League Baseball to uh, harvest up the uniform designs, not necessarily designing the uniforms, although I have designed a number of the uniforms and caps for the uh, individual confederations over the years, but just in um, codifying those and making those available via a uh, an online uh, password protected style guide. So, I mean, I'm working on that today. <laughs> so WBC has been this uh, part of my life uh, very happily for all these years. And I say this quite often, Paul, and I think we've talked about it uh, with respect to a couple of specific projects along the way. Um, being part of something from the ground up is, uh, is a very special thing. And to see an event like this get off the ground and eventually grow and prosper, especially in this truly global sense, um, is very gratifying and cool to see. And it's such a, a fun event. And to see countries that uh, you never could have imagined um, doing well when this thing launched, you know, Israel now playing in the main tournament and expanded right. tournament, uh, the Netherlands, I've got friends of mine who are uh, who who are Dutch people live in the Netherlands. I've known them for years. Their sons played club baseball there. They're huge baseball fans. They love it. I have friends in the UK who are British people who have the same thing. Huge baseball fans. So for these people who I know love the sport, and it's hard to follow if you are in Europe and you know you're you're watching um <laughs> watching a, a Phillies game um at at, at some bizarre hour. Um, to have to have your country represented is just such a neat thing. So I was going to actually ask you about this. That you've worked with the individual teams, then some of the individual teams on on their look and their feel. You know, and I was wondering how much effort there is to integrate the individual brands of the individual teams with the overall look and feel of the World Baseball Classic. And I think of it, you know, when you when you think of like a you know a league has a brand. And then there are individual teams within that league, and those brands have nothing to do with each other except one of them. You know, the league brand may show up on the back of the hat, or you know, something like that. Since you've since you've worked on the overall branding for the World Baseball Classic, and you're working with individual teams, what kind of effort do you make to to have those those looks and feels work well together? Uh, I don't think there needs to be any connectivity whatsoever. Um, I think that if you are talking about uh, a visual representation of a particular nation, which is really what these uniforms are all about, um, they start with the with the colors of a flag for the most part, but there are exceptions. Italy, for instance, wearing blue uh, as their soccer or football teams have for, for many years. Um, same with um, Australia. Um, mm -hmm. Australia wears dark. They look like the Oakland Athletics, basically. Yes, they do. Their color is their their flag colors are red, white, and blue. So uh, I think it's country first and event second, and these two things don't have to mesh at all. Imagine, uh, for instance, 
last year, your Philadelphia Phillies going to the World Series. Uh, and, uh, you know, there is a World Series logo that looks nothing like the Phillies logo. And it is on the sleeves of their uniforms in October and early November. And they don't have to mesh at all. And I think the same principle applies here. I can picture it like it was just four months ago. <laughs> it was four <laughs> months. It wasn't even four months ago that you and I saw each other at Citizens Bank Park. It's amazing. You and I met at the World Series, Game Three of the World Series, a decisive Phillies victory. It was a, a, an amazing evening in my lifetime. I was going to ask you this: You've been to so many World Series games. What kind of attendance have you had at World Baseball Classic games? So uh, I went to the first World Baseball Classic semifinals and finals out in San Diego in 2006. The finals, uh, Japan defeated Cuba, and uh, it was really cool. It was great to see, you know, fans of countries like Mexico and Korea who hung around for for the finals, um, just populating um, Petco Park uh, in a way that you would not see for a Padres game. And again, having been to uh, professional baseball games a while ago already in Cuba, seeing how those fans uh, cheer their their teams on, um, you know, baseball is such a familiar thing. All right. I mean, maybe not so familiar this year with rule changes, but uh, the the ideas of, of uh, you know, nine players on a field, a diamond, all of these things, which are just, you know, <laughs> have been part of our lives since we were little kids. If you're a baseball fan, all of a sudden you inject a, a different kind of rooting, a different atmosphere into it. And, um, and it's a really cool thing. I actually have sitting on my desk over here. Uh, I have a friend of mine who is stationed in the Navy in Okinawa. And he recently sent me this amazing, I'm holding this up, uh, this, this MLB guide from 2022 in Japanese. Very cool. You know, it's yeah. familiar but different, and Absolutely. I just cool. And um, even the idea of of some of the licensed merchandise, a little bit different from what we would have over here. So the the theme of familiar but different and universally beloved. Um, you know, maybe not universally, but where baseball is played, um, and 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 of course, you know, I I would be remiss if I didn't add to this the fact that goes without saying the the event world baseball classic is you know part of the strategy of the event is to grow the game in places where it has been uh maybe it's there but uh, needs a little push absolutely international baseball is something i want to experience more of uh, i went to one caribbean series game in san juan puerto rico in 2014 and the atmosphere was just spectacular right like it was so much fun to to watch this game and to experience the you know what you call the different ways of rooting right like it's such a uh, such an interesting experience to to combine this this game that you know surrounded with you know all of the you know all of the pa announcements were in spanish and you know the the fans were behaving differently than they do at a major league baseball game and it was a an amazing experience and so i of course very much have on my bucket list to get to, you know, not necessarily in the context of the World Baseball Classic, but just to get to baseball games in, in other parts of the world, because I think it's it's fascinating to see the the game grow. And, you know, it'd be, uh, you know, to see a game in Korea or Japan or Australia or in winter leagues in the Dominican Republic, all places, by the way, that I have been and 
just not during baseball season or not with people who would have wanted to go to baseball games with me. So I, you know, I've got to get back to these places now and see <laughs> and see baseball there. When this episode drops, we're just going to be days away from the World Baseball Classic beginning. Are you going to try to get to any games this year? No plans to do it, Paul. I'm uh, stuck here in the East for the time being. And uh, of course, you know, the, the event is necessarily played this time of year in warmer weather places uh, and in places which have domed stadiums, uh, which don't exist here in the Northeast. So I will be watching from afar and following along. And again, like I said earlier, uh, we, we, you know, this is a postponed event because of the pandemic. So uh, I've got pent up demand for it and I can't wait. It's a really, really joyous thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, in that, um, you know, the, the buy-in among elite players was not always there. Guys didn't necessarily want to go to this event and get injured, even as you had uh, any number of great players who were very eager to represent their countries or their, um, their, their, their nationalities by, by, uh, by birth or heritage. Um, but the star power this year is just off the charts. I know sometimes you work on projects and you're, you know, you're you're sworn to secrecy and there are things that we have talked about offline that we have not been able to talk about on the podcast. Are you allowed to talk about which teams you've worked for uh you know in crafting their identities for the World Baseball Classic? I'm not sure, but I'll throw a couple out just because we're here. <laughs> uh back in 2005 in anticipation of the 2006 inaugural event I designed the, um, you know, the headwear marks for uh, a couple of nations, uh, the Dominican Republic, which still uses it. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of some other Puerto Rico, right? Uh, still use it. Um, the lettering for Puerto Rico, the uniforms have changed quite a bit. They're going to be really Puerto Rico's uniforms this year, especially their third uniform, which I believe has been released, uh, is really quite something. It's pretty amazing. But, uh, you know, they, they've changed over the years. Um, you do have um, uh, confederations such as uh, Japan, which really have a very tight design uh, done, I believe, in conjunction with Mizuno over there. Some are Nike teams. Um, but, yeah, th those would be a couple that I worked with right at the outset, which are still hanging in there. Todd, this is just one of my one of my absolute favorite things is to get to to nerd out with you on graphic design things. This World Baseball Classic logo is is such a it is it is a classic if I can say that. The World Baseball Classic logo is a classic, has withstood the 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 test of time with minor updates over the years, and so it's obviously great to to talk to you about this high level work that that you have done. Thank you so much. As always, this is such a blast. I do have marked, by the way, on my spreadsheet for for future episodes. We we talked about this when when you were on the episode fifty eight, and we were talking about ligatures, and we we said, hey, we are going to talk about the apostrophes in episode one hundred and seven. So I have marked for some time as we approach twenty twenty four. We've got the apostrophe episode, and we're going to finally reveal how come the Baltimore Orioles apostrophe is upside down and backwards. Uh, in the meantime. Thank you for joining me. People can find you. It's just Todd Radom, everything. Todd Radom, it's at Todd Radom on all the socials and it's toddradom.com. So that is brand synergy from a, uh, a brand master right there. So Todd, thanks so much for joining me. Good talking to you, Paul. I appreciate it. Thank you. Episode 107, Apostrophes. Stay tuned.
part, everyone. Welcome back. I am happy, so happy to be joined by my very good friend, Ed Rivera, host of the Dad Hat Chronicles podcast. If you're not listening to Ed's podcast, the Dad Hat Chronicles, then what are you even doing? It's it's fantastic. This is how Ed and I found each other on, on Twitter. It was an appreciation for the Dad Hat, which is the 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 soft top, the unstructured top, the curved brim. Very important that it's curved brim. Correct. Ed, the host of the Dad Hat Chronicles, my good friend. How are you? Paul, I am doing absolutely wonderful. I uh, took some time off last week, and I feel all re-energized and uh, ready to go. So, and then what better way than to kick off my getting back into it than uh, uh, this episode with you? You and I are here because you are a, a, an aficionado. You're an appreciator of baseball logos. You're an appreciator of of international baseball. Mm-hmm. We both have some bucket list items about getting out there and seeing some some international baseball our own selves, whether it's in the World Baseball Classic or otherwise. We'll try to find a way to make that happen. We will call Anna Di Tommaso of the Baseball Bucket List podcast and make sure that we get you know get our bucket list items on our own bucket list and then start Gotta checking check them, them off. off. Got to check them off. Absolutely. What's your experience? What what international baseball have you seen? Where have you seen some international baseball? Uh, well, I've actually seen a World Baseball Classic. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I was, I, my wife at the time was, you know, Darla, she was my girlfriend at the time, but we flew to Puerto Rico to watch a world baseball classic game. It was Puerto Rico versus Spain. Nice. And let me tell you, it was electric. It was the most lively game I've ever been to in my life. Okay. Was that in San Juan? San Juan uh, at at the uh, Iran B. Thorne uh, Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, for those who you don't know, Iran Bithar was actually the very first Puerto Rican baseball player in the major leagues. Very cool. That's good information so. right there. It's good good to know that about the the origins of that that ballpark. I saw a, a game there my own self. It was a Caribbean series game. Very cool. Great atmosphere. Amazing way to watch a game. This highlights the fact that you are of Puerto Rican descent. Correct. And, and so... I'm sure that that was a a particularly uh, meaningful experience for you to get to see some some baseball in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Absolutely, absolutely, and it was amazing. It was anything you can ask for. International absolutely. baseball is all so much fun. All right, but anyhow, we are here to talk about some brands. You know, you in the course of doing this podcast have developed an appreciation for baseball branding and. I'm sitting here looking at, you know, just a, a small fraction of your wall behind you here with your <laughs> yeah. uh, with your amazing cap collection. So do you have any World Baseball caps in your collection? I have one. Uh, okay. And sad to say, it is not a dad hat. It is a structured uh, 5950 Puerto Rico uh, World Baseball Classic from the previous World Baseball Classic neck from this one. Uh, they are not yet being sold. Uh, you can find the fitted ones on uh, neweracap.com, and that's about it. And they're, you know, for like these money bags, like Pat Larson and all the kids these days yeah. who are wearing the structured hats, yeah, the you know the flat brim, the structured tops. That you know, you can go spend seventy dollars on a baseball cap. Jesus, I'll wait till the dad hats come out and buy mine for twenty five dollars. So bingo, exactly. I'm good. Let's wait. However, though, that's not what we're talking about right now. What no, we sir. are talking about is is these brands from these nations uh, that are representing their own populations in the World Baseball Classic. We're each going to select our top three favorite logos, uh, the, our favorite brands that are representing these these different nations. We'll ping pong back and forth. 
you're my guest. I'm going to let you go first. I already spoke with Todd Radom about the the overall branding for this this World Baseball Classic. So now we're going to talk about some some individual teams uh, in our non-expert opinions, just the ones that sort of popped out to us, and we can talk a little bit about why we liked each of these. And so, Ed, what is your number one pick of favorite World Baseball Classic brands? All right. So um, so I went to neweracap.com, okay? Yeah. And this is where I, we've seen all of the caps for all of the teams. Uh, we're talking about the 25 teams that made it uh, to the actual World Baseball Classic, and then the qualifying uh, rounds, okay? So uh, you had teams like, uh, like Spain, New Zealand, uh, Argentina, Brazil, and all of these other teams, right? But my number one pick is going to be from one of those teams in the prelims, right? The pre-qualification. It is New Zealand. Awesome. New Zealand has a beautiful, beautiful logo, beautiful hat, uh, black hat, uh, which is very, you know, on brand for 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 New Zealand, right? For all their sports, right? The all, the all black with the N and the Z, right? And the Maori, like we were talking about um, offline, this New Zealand logo, it is absolutely one of my favorites. Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. It, it evokes the 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 style of the uh, Maori people who are uh, indigenous to New Zealand, and so such a such a cool, such a cool brand, such a good like off the board pick, right? Like, I mean, there's yeah. so many great brands here. Good job by you finding finding New Zealand there on the uh, New Era website. We could have uh, we could have gone with the 25 that made it right, but I wanted right. to just throw a curveball at you and just go with that one first because it's a right. beautiful hat. Not nah, because there's so many good ones, right? Like there's so many good ones that uh, yep. you know it's not about how good they are at baseball. It's about the you know the 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 brand itself. I am going to go with a with a team that is a a regular in the uh, in the tournament itself. Uh, usually doesn't have any trouble making the tournament. The team Mexico, yeah, man, they, man, they've got a beautiful cap, huh? It's got the the green from the the Mexican national flag, and then it's got the uh, that's the top of the hat, and then it's got the red brim, and then it has this like Bauhaus looking like seventies ish M letter M sort of ran, rounded sans serif, outlined in red with a uh, a green stroke in the middle of it, and it just I don't know, just like this cool letter form that you know i don't know it evokes maybe like the the architecture of the place i mean i don't know i you know it's just a very cool sort of stylized letter m great looking hat that you know plays off the colors of the the mexican flag so that's a that is a that is a terrific one i like it i like it and the reason why i have not picked and will not pick puerto rico obviously for obvious reasons um from there uh, that is my favorite one so it would not be fair to pick that one over the rest one so you, i love that one recuse yourself I I I I have to. Okay, so number two for me, numero okay. dos, is oh, going go. to be Netherlands. Ah, so the good. Nether, yeah, I know, right? Like, so the Netherlands, the last World Baseball Classic, they had on their logo, they had the N and the L, which was beautiful, right? It had the N on the back and then the L right in the middle. Very beautiful, very classic, not an issue. However, this new logo that they are using right now, the crown in orange, it is absolutely beautiful they knocked it out of the ballpark with this one i cannot say enough good things about this one because i absolutely love it it's notable too that the netherlands not just in the world baseball classic but in general uh, the national color for all of their team sports is orange it's not any of the red white and blue that you find on on their flag 
and this is, uh, you know, and I had to look this up. I, I looked it up years ago because it was interesting to me, like how come the Netherlands is orange? And it's because that their royal family is made up of members of the House of Orange. I don't know that that word actually has anything to do with the color orange, but that evolved into them wearing orange for all of their national teams. So anyway, great cap, though. Love the crown illustration. One of only a handful that really uses like iconography instead of letter forms. Correct. You know, most of them are are, are letters. So, yep. all right. For my second pick, I'm going back to green here. This one oh. to me looks, yeah, looks a lot like the Oakland A's. Uh, yes. I know what you're you going exactly with that. where I'm going, <laughs> yeah. right? I do, I do. The Australia cap, it's it's green. It has nothing to do with their flag either, which has the Union Jack and the stars that represent the the Australian states. It does have stars on it, but they're yellow, and it's got the letter A. It's got like this sort of sans serif letter A, and a star sort of flying across the letter A. And uh, just a you know, I don't know. I'm I'm showing my true colors in a way here by going by going with another green hat, but just a, a really, I mean, nice use of integrating image and type, and I uh, just like the like the colors of it as well. So team team Australia for me. It might be too that like I don't know. I've been to Australia and it's kind of a cool place, and and you know maybe I'm maybe I'm feeling nostalgic for that place. But the the Australian cap is one that I really enjoy. I like it. It's beautiful. I I can't disagree there, man. I really cannot disagree with you there. Um, okay, so numero tres for me uh, mm. is going to be another team from uh, that did not make the top 25, and that team is going to be España, Spain. Look at you. That is a great one. That is a great one, dude. Yes, yes. I love this one. I love the fact that they're they're using they use their actual national colors, which is pretty cool. Uh, but they use the letter E, lowercase e, right for España. Absolutely. And, and and it's just, I mean, I don't know what it is about it, but that E is just gorgeous, and it pops right because it's yellow and yeah. it pops with the red cap. Yeah, I cannot say enough good things about this one as well. Beautiful. It is. It is a great looking cap. I'm trying to think outside of the the Hank Aaron era Atlanta Braves. How many teams have used lowercase letters on their caps? Yeah, you're right. So the uh, España E for España, and then uh, and then the the A for Atlanta in the for Hank Atlanta. Aaron era Braves. I I don't know. Call in, call in if you know the numbers at the bottom of your screen. All lines are open. We are waiting. Uh, <laughs> waiting all right, number waiting. number three for you, right? Hello? Number three for me. Uh, guess what? I'm going with the same colorway that you chose. I am going with another red and yellow one. This is another one, too, that incorporates type and image together. Mm. This is the letter C in the form of a dragon so that I totally love. The, the Chinese cap that has the letter C with the with the head of the dragon at the top and the tail of the dragon at the bottom. The, the logo itself, I just really love. I mean, it's a very simple, stylized dragon in the shape of the letter C. Way to go, Team China! On this is, this is a great, great looking cap. I think so. I agree. I one hundred percent am with you there. Love that logo. Love the way that they used a dragon right on it. And uh, yeah, that's a yeah. that's a gorgeous one. Gorgeous one. So as with any draft, you're always going to have you know you're always going to have some honorable mentions here. So I know, correct. I know that they're you know these are these are all these are all ones that that we liked here. So let's you know just sort of rapid fire here just like ping pong a couple back and forth why, why don't you go first let me know let me know one that you liked uh i am going to go with my first one that i'm going to choose is going to be france yeah 
Um, I like France, the simplicity of it, right? It is the F, but it is a beautiful looking F on that. Um, So yeah, that is going to be honorable mention numero uno for me. All right. Uh, my first honorable mention, I really like how the uh, the Czech Republic made the C and the R into the into the shape of a of a home plate for for baseball. Uh, that's a that to me is a is a really fun one as well. So that was that was on my board as I was evaluating these logos for sure. Yeah, I was looking at that one as well. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to keep an eye on this one. I'm going to I'm going to keep it on the list just in case yeah. uh, one of the ones that uh, I wanted wasn't I going to make on my draft, but I'm glad that I the ones I chose, but that one is a beautiful one. So yeah. 100% agree with you there. Uh, another one that I chose uh, is going to be Argentina. Ooh. Baby blue yeah. um, with the white front, right? Like, I mean, that's not a lot of team are using that, right? But that A in baby blue surrounded by yellow, it is beautiful. It is simple. It is classic. And I love it. That that baby blue that they use, obviously, I mean, it comes from the Argentinian flag, you don't see that baby blue in in flags very much. Uh, I think out there in like national flags, that that sort of lighter, almost like Carolina blue, is a beautiful color, and it is used a lot here in uh, North Carolina. So that is for sure. <laughs> uh, Nausea. Uh, more more fun with flags here. Vexillology on baseball by design. <laughs> but did you say fun with flags? Did we just go? <laughs> I did say fun with flags. Yes. <laughs> so. Okay, another one that I like a lot. Just a classic interlocking letters, just really well executed. I really enjoy it quite quite a bit for the Dominican Republic. But mm-hmm. if you you know you flip it, obviously, because they don't call it the Dominican Republic, they call it they the. Ed, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you say it for me. República Dominicana. I love the the RD, uh, the interlocking RD on their cap right there. I, it's it's a beautiful one, uh, and my uncle would uh, would be proud of me to say that is uh, you know one of my favorites as well. He is Dominican, so uh, love that one as well. Good for All you right. for choosing that one. All right, you got um, one more, Ed. We'll have a one more uh, honorable mention here. One more for me is going to be Israel. Nice. Uh, I know, I know, you know, it's like, you know, for, for uh, Puerto Rico, we use our flag uh, for Canada, they use the leaf, right. And then for Israel, they use the star of David, but it is just, it is clean. It is nice. Uh, it is a good looking hat. And I cannot say enough about that one either. Yep. And, and it also like the star of David, you see it twice on the hat too, right? Cause it's on the flag yep. and it's also the main logo on the hat. <laughs> But it's reversed, right? Like it's blue yeah. on white in the flag, yeah. and then it's white on blue on the cap. So it's correct, know, cool, sort of cool visually there. So, uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I, I know that you recused yourself from uh, allowing the 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 team Puerto Rico cap on 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 mm-hmm. your board, but I'm I want to include it in my honorable mentions because I think that the 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 P and the R, the sort of stylized P and the R there, I think uh, really work well together, and it's a pretty iconic hat. And it's just hard to to not appreciate the uh, the Puerto Rican flag, right? Like it's an you know iconic flag as well. So I I'm going to include uh, not just out of deference to you, but I'm going to include Team Puerto Rico uh, in my in my honorable mentions there. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> not no, no, going to no, cry. That's a cool cap, and 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 I don't know like. Like, is it is it stolen valor to like wear the cap of a nation that is not a nation that that you are from? Like, I, I you know, I don't I, I don't want it to be cultural appropriation for me to wear walk around in like a Team Mexico cap or a Puerto Rico cap. But it's uh, I, I yeah. see. I don't see any issue with it. I, okay. I really don't. Like, I mean, I like all their hats. Like, if, if I wasn't had an opportunity to get a lot of these hats, I will because they're beautiful. Yeah. I, like I said, if I have a chance, I am so going to buy that New Zealand hat. 
That is a gorgeous hat. Yep. It's a great hat. That's a great hat. Absolutely. That is that is that was a strong pick by you for uh right off the bat there, as it were. Ed Rivera, this has been so much fun. I always love talking to you. I especially love it when I get to talk to you twice uh, in the same evening about uh, something. The possibility exists that if you if you are also feeling deja vu, it's because Ed and I had this conversation once already, and then this time we decided to press the record button. So that is, uh, that is some high-level podcaster professionalism coming from me here. So We never said we were professionals. We just said we were podcasters. <laughs> We do produce podcasts. No one could ever take that away from us. That's right. <laughs> Ed Rivera, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at the Dad Hat 216. You know, that that brand synergy right there, the same handle on both Instagram and and Twitter is great job by you. The podcast itself is the Dad Hat Chronicles. You can find it everywhere podcasts are sold. Ed, thank you so much. This has been a blast. As always, I look forward to having you come back on again. Let's not let it be, you know, two years before we talk again, guys. I know. Jeez. We hardly ever talk. It's ever. like, it's like when my <laughs> phone rings at five in the morning, it's never Ed. It's never me. Not giving all. two dams about time zones. Nope. What time zone? Your time zone doesn't exist. Uh, it's true. I I, so there I, you go. I never should have told you that the mountain time zone was, was, uh, was fake. It's so I, I, I get what I get. So <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't rather wake up to anything than you calling me at five in the morning, Ed. So but you say, Hey Paul, I got an idea. What do you think? <laughs> Ed, thank you so much. This has been great. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Probably always, tomorrow at five in the morning. There you go. <laughs> It is time once again for Studio Simon Stumpers. This is so much fun. Dan, thank you for coming back again to 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 bring me one of your trivia questions that have that have been getting increasingly challenging and you know we'll we'll see if I can uh suss out the answer this time. We're talking about the World Baseball Classic. I've been chatting with our our mutual friend Todd Radom. I've been chatting with Ed Rivera about the different teams logos. So we're here to talk about the World Baseball Classic, and uh, you are with us again with another of your studio assignment stumpers. Dan, hello. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you once again for having me, and let's jump right into our question. Um, with Japan having won the inaugural World Baseball Classic championship back in 2006, and actually there are two World Baseball Classic Championships represent the most by any country. Um, our stumper for this episode is going to come from the world of Japanese professional baseball branding. And our question asks, what Nippon professional baseball team's uniforms closely mirror those of the Los Angeles Dodgers? Is it A, the Tokyo Yakult Swallows, B, the Shunichi Dragons, or C, the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. Now, those are a little bit uh, kind of tongue twister um, names, so let's go over them again. The Tokyo Yakult Swallows, the Shunichi Dragons, or the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. Which one of their which one of those teams' uniforms closely mirror those of the Los Angeles Dodgers? So, Dan, in previous iterations of Studio Simon Stumpers, I've had some some 
inkling of a of a grain to to grab onto to try to suss out an answer to you know to try to logic my way through your 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 maze here and on this one i this is i'm just gonna have to take a flyer on it i'm just gonna have to take i i i don't i can't visualize any of these teams i feel bad i wish that i i could uh i will i will say too I actually, I have a friend who lives in Japan. He has a huge fan of the Hanshin Tigers. And one time he and I were at a conference together and I was wearing a Phillies hat and he was wearing this Hanshin Tigers hat that I'm holding up right here. And we 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 did an impromptu hat exchange. And I feel like I got the better of this deal because this is a totally sweet Hanshin Tigers hat. It's, it's a dad hat with the black top and the yellow beak and then the yellow and white logo. So, so I'm a big fan of the Hanshin Tigers. I was hoping that might be an answer when you brought up baseball in japan i'm well, stalling that, Sorry, i was gonna say you're stalling here here <laughs> um, Paul. but but you know what I'll, I'll help you stall a little bit more oh, okay i i own one japanese baseball team cap and coincidentally it's one from the hanshin tigers it was oh. given to me gosh 30 years ago by my former boss scott mednick um who is largely responsible for where I'm at today. So um, the fact that I would imagine both of us have one Japanese baseball cap and they're they're both Hanshin Tiger caps. Okay, the Swallows, the Fighters, and I've already, I've actually forgotten the third one. Um, the Chinichi Dragons. Dragons. All right, this is I I I'm not basing this on anything except for a wild guess. I'm gonna go Dragons. Ha. Normally, you have great deductive reasoning, and, <laughs> and it's worked well for you. Um, this one was just a, a, a wild throw it, you know, throw at the dartboard with your eyes closed and thrown over your shoulder, turned backwards, and you hit the bullseye. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now, I was, thinking, I was thinking that this, uh, this question might be a, a, a layup for you to mm -hmm. borrow a metaphor from, from another sport. Yeah. Um, because this is a team that has appeared here in the United States in, in pop culture. Um, as a as a baseball fan, I'm assuming you have seen many baseball movies. Is that a correct assumption to make? Yes. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Mr. Baseball starring yes. Tom Selleck? Totally, yes. In that movie, if I'm not mistaken, he played for the Junichi Dragons. So you would have seen these uniforms. So their uniforms, their home uniforms, um, have the word dragons in the familiar Dodgers script, not sort of like it, exactly like it. Huh. Um, they have had caps. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what, you know, this year's or, or this coming year's um, official caps for them what logos have been on them but they've had an interlocking c they have had or still have an interlocking cd for Chinichi dragons that's just like the interlocking la kind of a a, a simple square serif uh, letter forms um and they've also had the script d a matter of fact they had that script d the dodgers will wore again, if I'm not mistaken, as a um, spring training cap, either just last year or at least recently, and might still wear it as their spring training cap. But before they ever wore it, 
the Chinichi Dragons had that script D on on a cap. So uh -huh. um, the thing that I don't know, even though I am the one who brought you this 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 week's stumper, I don't know if that's um, done with permission of the Dodgers or whether it was done uh, better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Um, but um, well, that, that's a question for somebody with the Dodgers and, <laughs> and, and being that I used to work for the Dodgers, I, uh, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to have to reach out to one of my former coworkers and uh, see if anyone there knows. I'm sure somebody does now. So I am going to my, my friend Masa in in Japan is always sending me pictures of the ice cream helmets that he gets there or he helmets with other awesome food in it. And so now I'm going to tell people that this helmet that I got in Oklahoma city is actually a Japanese baseball dragons helmet. I think, cause that's, uh, <laughs> that's a, if, if that script D is one that they use with the dragons that I'm going to tell them that Dan, once again, I, I, I appreciate you being here proving why this is America's third favorite podcast segment. And uh, I, you know, this one, this one, pure stroke of luck, but I'm glad to have gotten it. Keep the streak alive. Dan, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time. You're welcome. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one and hopefully you can hit another one out of the park.